Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, I am going to flip the scripts a little bit today. And I, instead of sharing my own thoughts with you and things that I've learned from my own experiences or my own education, I want to share things that I've been taught by my own clients, by my own one-on-one coaching clients. And, you know, I know I've said before that one of my favorite things to do is coach people one-on-one, work with people one-on-one, really build that relationship and have that accountability. And really, that's, I mean, that's what it is, that relationship with individual people in a very personal way. When I work one-on-one with people, it is legit and I love it. And my clients are men and women and the youngest is in her early teens, the oldest is in her late 60s. And I'm sharing this with you because they have taught me so much about fat loss. And I want to share with you today some of the lessons that I have learned from my own clients. And some of them are looking to lose 20 pounds. Others are looking to lose more than 100 pounds. And some of them aren't even striving for weight loss, but are really working towards trying to adopt a healthier, more balanced relationship with food. Some of them are trying to just stop binge eating or letting go of food obsession and judgment. And I get very close to my clients. I really do. I consider them friends. Um, I know a lot about their lives. They know a lot about mine. And I work with them every single day. And it's for a minimum of 90 days. And some of my clients are working with me for a full year. They teach me something almost every day. Sure. I've studied nutrition, I've studied biochemistry, I've worked in the industry, I've had my own transformation. But being so up close and personal with other people's journeys, with other people's struggles, with other people's successes, what works for them and what does not even come close to working, it teaches me something. And I'm so grateful for their transparency and their authenticity and their trust. So what I'm going to do is I am going to share... Six lessons that I have learned from my coaching clients. And honestly, I could probably share 600 because like I said, I am learning from them and their journeys and their process all the freaking time. But I think that in these lessons I have learned from them, hopefully you will learn something as well. So here's the first thing that I have learned from my own coaching clients, things that they have taught me. There is no ideal rate of fat loss or rate of progress, and there shouldn't be. Because here's the problem. People go into any type of diet or weight loss program thinking that there is this standard of, say, two pounds per week, and that's what they should do. And anything beyond that, anything less than that, they're doing something wrong. 
dieting teaches us that there should be this linear, consistent trajectory of a couple of pounds a week, and we measure our success against that, and it's crap. It's absolute crap. The deal is this. Our progress is going to ebb and flow. We will have detours. We will have hard months. You know what? We'll take months off. Some people take years off, and that's okay. And if we think about it, my favorite thing is to kind of step back and take this big picture look. If we think about it, this rate that we've been taught to achieve of, say, two pounds per week, that's sort of the standard thing that always gets tossed about in the industry, does that consistent, steady two pounds per week reflect true habit adoption and change? To me, it suggests immediately adapting to a rigid set of rules. And if you rigidly follow those rules, then you get those results. But honestly, that's to me and for my clients, that's not the way change happens. We tackle something that we need to improve on. And depending on what we're tackling at the moment, progress might be a few weeks away. It might take some time to really wrestle with that habit before you see the change reflected in your body or in your weight. And that's a good thing. This notion that it should be steady and stable and consistent and consistent is not true of progress, right? Now, it might be some people's experience that they make a change, they stay steady, and their weight loss for the duration is two pounds a week, and that's awesome. But for most people, that's not what it looks like. For most of my clients, that's not what it looks like. And that's okay. For most of my clients, it looks like this. Try, struggle, try, struggle. It gets a little bit easier. The results start to come. Easy street. And then plateau or slip up. Stay there for a while, kind of floundering and struggling. Dial in, lean in, ask for help, adjust, and then go back to the beginning. Try, struggle, try, struggle. Hey, that's life right? That's life. There is no linear, appropriate rate of progress. Stop assuming that your progress should look like one perfect trajectory. And really, is that view serving you? Is this expectation that if I don't consistently lose two pounds a week or else I'm screwy, is that serving you? I kind of think that it's not. Sure, some of my clients lose two pounds a week, steady Eddie. Most do not, okay? That doesn't make the people who have that immediate and steady and consistent progress better. It just means that their process is different, their baseline is different, and their struggles are different, right? We tend to see more immediate and consistent progress when emotional eating is not an issue. When it's like, oh, I didn't realize that having carbs in the morning wasn't the best best thing for fat loss, so I'm just going to make that change, no big deal, and then results, right? But that's not necessarily how it works for most people, and that's totally okay, right? I find that individuals who work with me who have gone through the emotional eating course tend to have more immediate and consistent progress because they know a lot of the tools that they need to put in place in order to get those results and stay consistent, so much so that I am now making that a prerequisite for working with me because I think that that understanding of the emotional side of it is so, so important. But it's really a disservice to have this expectation that you're going to start losing two pounds a week and you're never going to stop until you reach your goal weight. It tends to be more of a pattern of short period of progress, struggle or resistance or plateau, 
rally, build motivation, and then a slightly longer period of progress. So sometimes what we see is maybe a few good days and then a couple of rocky days and then rallying, getting motivated, and then maybe extending that good day cycle a little bit longer and then making that struggle period a little bit shorter, right? But that's totally okay. Listen, there is absolutely nothing wrong if your process is lose five pounds and then maintain for a month and get used to that change, prove to yourself that you can do it and that it's effortless, and then mentally you've given yourself a bit of a break and you're ready to rally and go again and get that next increment. That is okay. I'm not saying that's the ideal way, but I'm saying more often than not, progress is very non-linear and that is okay. Sometimes we need to see results and then adapt, maintain, get comfortable, feel great, and then in time you'll sort of get that itch again. Like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm ready to dive in and adjust again. And it's very similar to, say, working out, right? You put out a ton of effort. You exert yourself. You exhaust yourself. You get to a point where you've accomplished something and then you need to recoup. And oftentimes weight loss looks like that. We push, we drive, we get results. And then the difference is instead of throwing in the towel and putting the weight back on, settle in and allow yourself to settle down and get used to the change. Don't judge yourself if you aren't consistently losing every single week. That's okay. Maybe your process, and I've learned this from my clients because this is the way some of them operate, Maybe your process is to establish one micro goal and then get used to it before you dial in and push again, right? Maybe that's one day of consistency. Maybe it's two pounds. Maybe it's two consecutive days of fat loss friendly breakfasts. Whatever it is, maybe you're a micro goal person and you just focus on that little thing and you don't worry as much about the results. And this goes back to focusing on the process instead of focusing on the results. Now, We can't and we shouldn't ignore the results. Just realize that the slow, steady, consistent process isn't the most common way to lose weight. It's kind of like playing Pac-Man, right? You remember old school Pac-Man? You crash into some walls, you get turned around, you go fast, you go slow, you get stuck, you get eaten. I mean, I mean, I hope you don't get eaten, but weirder things have happened. So, you know, just shake it off, shake it off. But stop thinking about it like it is a perfect path. It's no different than relationships. Not everybody meets somebody, goes on a few dates, falls in love, gets engaged, gets married, has kids, lives happily ever after, and that's okay. It doesn't make any nonlinear path wrong. We're sold a bill of goods about what's normal, and we assume that's how it is for everybody, That's how it should be for us. And if it's not that way for us, then we suck. And that's a bunch of crap. And we need to allow ourselves to find the cadence that works for us. And maybe your cadence is 10 pounds and then maintain and enjoy life and kind of take the pressure off because there's this there's this attain mode when you're striving, when you're working, when you're focused. And then there's the maintain mode, which is a little bit more relaxed and a little bit less pressure. And maybe you need more frequent cycles of that Or maybe you're dive all in, go head first and really buckle down and stay consistent and steady and be a more uh, narrow trajectory kind of person with the two pounds a week. I'm just saying that one lesson that I've really learned from working with my clients is that there is no linear path and that is okay. So the second lesson that I have learned from my one-on-one clients is that people need different degrees and frequencies of indulging. 
And that's okay. Some people do better indulging less often, and some people get better results and are more consistent when they indulge more often. And neither way is right or wrong. This goes back to something I talked about several episodes ago related to the author Gretchen Rubin and the notion of being a moderator or an abstainer. A moderator is somebody who can have a little and not go down like the Pandora's box of all the things, all the things, whereas an abstainer does better just avoiding things altogether. I also think that this notion that people need different degrees and frequencies of indulging when striving for weight loss has to do with your baseline, right? What did you come in eating? For some people who were really clean eaters to start with, but that doesn't mean that they were eating for fat loss, right? You can be healthy and eat healthy foods and still not be setting that up in a way that allows for fat loss. But if you were somebody who was a super clean eater to start, you might be able to very easily navigate this journey with less indulgences or fewer indulgences. But if you were somebody coming in with the standard American diet, then you might want more regular indulgences and that's okay. So some of my clients absolutely love wine and don't want to give it up. They're not ready to go there. And so they have a glass of wine every day and that's okay. Other people acknowledge, yeah, I drink a lot of wine and you know what? It doesn't make me feel good and that's something I really want to minimize or even eliminate altogether. It doesn't look the same for everybody. It's not like, oh, don't have alcohol more than once a week. There are some people that will get results and have a glass of wine every day and that's okay. And there are other people that are like, get it away from me. I do so much better when I don't introduce it into my world at all. I am more of an abstainer, staying away from those indulgences, but I wasn't always that way. Somebody emailed me today and they and they said something in their email like, I wish I had your willpower. Dude, I do not have willpower. I do not have willpower. I do not seek to have willpower. I have just gradually, gradually, slowly over time, retrained my habits and retrained my palate. I prefer whole foods. And now where I'm at over time, this isn't a decision I made. This isn't white knuckle willpower. Over time, my body prefers and responds more favorably to cleaner, less sweet foods. And that's just me. That's just me. I know myself and I know what works for me, but that does not mean that that's what works for you. And that's certainly not what works for my clients. I've seen some of my clients do really well when I say, this is how I operate and others need a totally different game plan that we find together. And that's okay. I do best not introducing sweets. Other people want sweets on a pretty regular basis. They need that small indulgence sometimes every day, and that's okay. Like I said, some of my clients have a glass of wine every single day and get results. Some of my clients have a piece of dark chocolate every single day and get results. Other of my clients, when they have one piece of chocolate, it turns into seven or 17, or a glass of wine turns into a bottle, and that is okay. Some people kind of take a middle a middle ground where they might have one to three mindful indulgences every week, right? And it's important to note that this is what works for them right now. It is what feels good right now. It's what delivers results right now. Typically, that changes over time. And either the indulgence starts to feel less special or less enjoyable or 
and or, I guess, results start to slow. Some people feel like when they're having a piece of dark chocolate every day and getting results, over time they're like, you know, I'm just, I'm just there some days I'm not looking forward to it. I don't really need it. I have a bite and the pleasure factor has gone down a little bit. Or through tracking, they notice a big difference in their energy or their mood or their cravings on days that they don't indulge and they want more of that. They want more of that, I feel amazing, and so they're willing to reduce the indulgences a little bit when it's time, right? And some of my clients are like me and they do best and feel best and see the best results when they're more of the abstainer. Right. And again, this is why tracking is so important. And when I say tracking, I'm talking about writing down what you eat, how much and when and your hormonal biofeedback, the energy, the cravings, the quality of sleep, the mood, all of those things, because you can see the trends so easily when it's right there in front of you. And this is also why it's bull to assume that one plan is going to work for everybody. One cheat day or one cheat meal or one indulgence every day. Listen, all of those things are fine, but they might not be fine for you. And that's okay. The third lesson uh, of six that I have learned from my clients is that we very quickly forget where we started. And that is a big problem. Almost without exception, and I say almost because there are some exceptions, but almost without exception, I have clients that get to the point, regardless of how much progress they've made, they get to the point either in the middle of a bad day or a tough week or a plateau and they say, why can't I do this? Something's wrong with my body. My body isn't changing. What's wrong with me? I need your help. Does this ever get easier? And this is the great part about having tracking documents with them. I'm like, hey, dude, take a freaking deep breath. And please, please, right now, humor me. Scroll back to the beginning of your document and look at how far you freaking come. Look at your progress pictures. Look at your weight. Look at your waist and hip circumference. And the best part is look at what an average day of eating used to look like for you versus what it looks like now. Because here's the thing, we just forget and I think I didn't see this with myself, but I certainly was the same way. But it's been so easy for me to learn this from my clients. We get to a point where we forget where we started. We truly forget. It's not like we look at the progress and don't care. We forget the progress. We Our new body is the new normal. And so we're measuring forward. And I've done an entire episode on measuring backwards versus measuring forward. But we're measuring from where we are to where we want to be and not from where we started. And so we have to go back and say, okay, that's a lie. It is a lie that something is wrong with me. It is a lie that I'm not getting results because I can see them. I have some clients that will say this like, It just feels so hard. God, yesterday was such a bad day. Why do I do that? I was on such a roll and then I went off the rails yesterday and I'm like, okay, your off the rail day now is what your good day looked like three months ago. I mean, seriously, but we forget that. We are so quick to discount our progress and that is dangerous. And fortunately for my clients, I'm there to say, yo, scroll back, take a look. You're crazy because you've made incredible progress. But for you guys, you need to do that for yourselves. When you have those moments of something is wrong with me, my body is broken, I'm doing the work, I'm not getting results, 
take a look back and see. And I did not have a coach when I was losing 130, 140 pounds, right? But what I did do was take pictures once a week. And so, yeah, I had those moments of frustration like, what the hell? Why isn't my body changing? What is going on here? And when I felt that way, I would scroll back through those pictures and be like, actually, I've changed a lot. And I used to keep, uh, at that point in time, I had these um, spiral-bound notebooks that I would write my food down in every single day. And I would go back to the beginning and be like, wow, my choices are so much better or my portions are so much more controlled or my indulging is so much less frequent. We tend to very quickly forget where we started and that is a dangerous, dangerous thing. So be sure, if for no other reason, you need to track so that when you start to go, I'm broken. Something's wrong. This isn't working. You can go back and tell yourself you're a wackadoodle because you have made progress and look at those pictures or look at how you used to eat and acknowledge the progress because we are very, very quick to forget. The fourth thing that I have learned from my coaching clients, and gosh, I just, I I love them so much and I love their transparency and their authenticity and I'm so grateful for their trust, but One thing that I've learned, I shouldn't say but, this is and really, asking for help and being honest about where you are and where you need accountability is the difference between those who have true transformations and those who sort of cycle back and forth and back and forth and on and off and really, really struggle. The people that have the biggest transformations, the people that have the biggest breakthroughs are people who are willing, even they're not comfortable doing it. I don't think I have anybody that's really comfortable going, hey, I really need help right now, um, because that's a very vulnerable place to put yourself. But the difference between really overcoming and really changing is being willing to ask for help or be honest about where you need accountability. And when I talk about accountability, I know several months back I shared with you guys that uh, one of the ways that I stay accountable is taking pictures uh, every Monday. And for a while, when I was really kind of in a in a rough place, I was showing them to my personal trainer every Monday just to be like, here, I took the picture, because you can't hide from that. But that was me being honest about where I needed accountability. And like I said, asking for help doesn't come easily. And you might not have a coach, but it doesn't mean that you can't journal about it and write about where you need help and where you need accountability or hire a coach or ask a friend to be your accountability partner. I would encourage you strongly, do not have it be your spouse because that can be very uncomfortable and food police-esque. And I don't think you want that dimension uh, in most relationships, uh, which are complicated enough as they are. But, you know, I think that There are a couple of reasons that many people don't reach out for help. And this is, again, stuff that I've learned from my own coaching clients. Sometimes we don't want help. Sometimes we don't want to be talked out of or encouraged out of a better choice, right? We know that we shouldn't do whatever it is that we're considering, but the last thing we want is somebody to remind us of that. We want to put our head in the sand and just do it and move forward and then talk about it later, right? In the moment, we don't reach out for help because we don't really want help. And I see that with my clients. But the difference is there will be, some of my clients will say, I'm sitting here with a pint of ice cream and I really want to eat it and I don't want you to tell me not to, but I feel like just voicing that is going to help me make a better choice. And sometimes we'll say, all right, great. So put three quarters of it in the trash, 
and eat a quarter of it. And that's a hell of a lot better than what you would have done had you not reached out for help. And other times it's like, okay, you can totally do it. But is it amazing? Is it totally worth it? And how are you going to feel afterwards? And sometimes they do it anyway, but just being honest and being accountable and not running from the desire, not running from the emotion, but really facing it is really the difference between making a significant shift in your life or being in that yo-yo pattern of on again, off again, right? So sometimes we don't reach out for help because we just don't want help. We want to make the bad choice right now, even though we'll feel crappy about it later. And other times we don't ask for help because we think we should be able to do it on our own. But why? Why? I mean, I get it. You might not have a coach and that's totally okay. But there can be oftentimes a lot of help and support in just writing it down for yourself. Just verbalizing it and fleshing it out and giving it the space that it needs, even if it's on paper, even if you're just talking to yourself out loud, or if you're talking to a girlfriend or a buddy or a sibling or whatever. But oftentimes, we just need to realize it's okay. We don't have to do things alone. I mean, seriously, do we expect our kids to learn to read on their own or to learn algebra on their own? No. Do we look at them as weak because they need help and they need assistance and they need outside counsel? No, of course not. But we hold ourselves to these standards that are not only too high, but are like totally counterintuitive. It doesn't make any sense that we should do something on our own if there is someone who can help us. That is the power of reaching out and saying, I need a hand up here because I want to change my life and I want to change my habits. The fifth thing that I have learned from my coaching clients, and this is really more of a thing that I knew before, but I never knew just how important and how significant it was until I really learned the significance and the power from my own coaching clients. And that is that switching your focus is immensely more powerful than I ever thought that it was. I see this with my clients every single day. When they text me, when they write in their documents, when we're on our coaching calls, if you focus on what you think you can't have, it becomes larger than life and you want it more and it becomes harder to resist. If you focus on your cravings, they become stronger and sometimes they become stronger than you are. If you focus on lack of results, then you cannot direct your energy towards the action required to generate the results you're frustrated you don't have. On the flip side, if you focus on how amazing you feel at the end of the day when you know you've made great choices and you know you're doing what it takes to get healthy, that is what you create more of. If you focus on foods you love that love you back, that is what you want and that is what you want more of. But if you're focusing on all these things you think you can't have, guess what you want more of? Guess what you drive towards? Guess what you put in your mouth? This is so huge. I can't tell you how many times I get texts from my clients that say, I'm sitting here with these chocolate covered macadamia nuts and they're staring me in the face and I don't know what to do and I really need to eat them. Okay, so think about something else. Think about last week when you wrote how amazingly proud of yourself you were for X, Y, and Z and how excited you were when you wore out jeans that you haven't worn in 12 years. Switch your focus to that. 
When they do that, all of a sudden, the chocolate-covered macadamia nuts are like, seriously? Why, why the hell do I care about these? That's lame. But if they don't switch their focus and they're like, they're right here, they're chocolate, they're macadamia nuts, they're right here. I could put them in my mouth in like half a second. Then that's the road you go down. Switching your focus, controlling your focus, knowing what you're focused on when you experience cravings or frustration or temptation, and then choose to place your focus someplace else. It takes practice. It gets easier. Oftentimes they have to ask for help for me to redirect them to something to switch their focus. But I am telling you, that is so much more powerful than I ever knew it was. And I knew it was powerful to begin with, but they have taught me that is where it begins and ends. Switching your focus is where it begins and ends. The sixth and final thing that I want to share with you that my clients have taught me is that we have a tendency to run away when we should lean in. We have a tendency to pull away from the process, pull away from accountability at the very moment that it is most crucial to ask for help or to dive into the process. And switching that pattern is the key to permanent results, right? So many times, have a bad weekend, cancel the coaching call. Bad day, just don't track it. Feeling like you're in a funk? Be super quiet on the call and don't talk about it and make me like wonder for an hour what the heck is going on with you. As opposed to, I am having a bad day and I'm going to text you about it or I'm going to write about it in my document or I'm going to say, I'm really not liking this process. I tell my clients when they start with me, at some point, you are going to hate me. You're going to want to quit. You're going to try and find a way out of it. I get it. That's normal. And I'm not letting you go. Because that is expected and that is your normal process, right? Isn't that our process if we do a whole 30 or 21 day detox or Weight Watchers or whatever? We get to a point where it starts to get a little uncomfortable and instead of leaning into the discomfort, we're like, eh, screw this, next time. We tend to run away when we need to lean in. And I work really hard on this with my clients. It's a delicate balance between tough love and then letting them work through their own thing in their own time. But really when you can identify that you are pulling away from the process. Whether the process is your commitment to yourself to track, whether the process is your relationship with your personal trainer, your relationship with your coach, or your commitment to preparing your meals at home instead of eating out, whatever it is, when you notice that urge to pull away or make an excuse, that is clutch. That is your moment. That is your turning point. That is the moment that matters the most. That is when you have, you're at a fork in the road. When you experience that moment of screw this, not today, I know I said I would, but I'm not going to, that is a fork in the road. That is what matters most. Where you go, what you do at that moment matters. You are either going to run away from your success or you're going to run towards your success. And that is a choice. That is a choice, right? There are those who will readily text me in a tough moment, right? I'm sitting here with a pint of ice cream and I really want to eat it. <laughs> like, I, like I said a few minutes ago, the chocolate-covered macadamia nuts. I took three. They're on my desk. They're staring at me. Or I'm going out for dinner and I could see it going downhill fast after a few drinks. Help me. I need to be reminded of my goals. My clients will literally say that. Like, I am not tied in right now. Remind me. Dial me back in. Reel me in. Right? Because sometimes we just need help and that's okay. And sometimes it's... After the fact, it's not like I'm sitting here with the pint of ice cream or the, the chocolate covered macadamia nuts are in front of me or I'm worried about this dinner, but it's 
uh, I just ate three days worth of calories in about 35 minutes or I had an off the rails weekend, right? Those who lean in and ask for help do far better than those who ignore it, avoid it, lie about it, or try and tough it out. Why have a coach if you're not going to be vulnerable and lean into the process? You're only cheating yourself and you're at a fork in the road and I know which way you want to go and it's not always easy to make the choice, but it is the difference between failure and success. All right, so, you know, for, for my coaching clients that are out there listening right now, I adore you and you teach me and I'm grateful for you and I'm excited for you and I am proud of you. And for everybody else, look at yourself. Look at where you can improve. Get really brutally honest with yourself as if you had a coach, right? Be as brutally honest with yourself as I would be with you or you would be with me about yourself, right? All right, let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. I had... 27 cups of coffee. Um, actually, I probably had like seven, which is about, well, that's probably pretty normal. Uh, and then one of them had about a tablespoon of MCT oil in it. Not a lot. I was out and about running errands for most of the day, so I had a Quest bar. Don't do that all too often because they are very sweet for me. Uh, and eating sweet things makes me want more sweet things, and I don't need that in my life. But I did have a peanut butter and jelly flavored Quest bar. Then I uh, went to Zoe's Kitchen. I don't know if you guys have Zoe's Kitchen around you, um, but I got what is called their protein power plate. And I, I think it's posted on Instagram. Um, cabbage with feta, caramelized onions, and chicken. So good. And just about $8. So a, a bargain in my book. And it was very, very, very filling. Oh, amazing. Super good. I've been craving it since I left there. And dinner was super, super simple. Um, bacon and eggs. That's it. I really like that combo and it's easy and sometimes I just want easy. You guys know I'm not like a big recipe person because that's complicated and I don't do complicated, but uh, that is what I ate yesterday. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I will write these lessons that I have learned from my clients over on the show notes page at primalpotential.com. If you have questions, if I can help you in any way, shape, or form at all, I do hope you will email me because I do respond to all of the emails and I genuinely from the bottom of my heart, whether you are a client or not, I don't care. I want to help you. I really genuinely do. So hope you guys have a great day. I will be back in a couple of days with another episode. And I want to know what episodes you want to hear. What do you want me to talk about? What do you want next? Shoot me an email. Let me know. Talk to you guys soon. Have a great day.